Welcome to this week's episode of Strange Pathways. I am your host, Scott Mort. I hope you're having a better week than me. It is so cold here in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Um, my bones are just aching. It is currently a sweltering 10 degrees Fahrenheit outside. I have a cough headache, which is the first cough headache I've ever had in my life. Just... Every time that I have to cough, it just feels like my head is in a vice and I have some sort of inner ear infection. I've got partial hearing loss in my left ear. It's ringing. It's, I'll be honest, I'm kind of miserable. I'm fighting my way through this. I usually record on Saturday. Uh, today I've decided to record on Sunday. This show will go up Monday, but Maybe I'll do part of it today, part of it Monday. Hopefully I'll feel better. Maybe I'll do the whole thing, get it edited, wait, maybe for a quarter today, edit. I'm not quite certain. What I can tell you is that I have had better days. But we've got three amazing stories for you this week. On to this week's tales. This week, not one, but two stories are going to be coming to us from Phantoms and Monsters. I only, I only try to use them once a week. They're just so good. And there's, there's two stories on there that I really wanted to touch on. Now, the first one, this comes from someone calling themselves C. Now, this incident happened during their junior year in high school. C lived near Jasper in North Florida at the time. Now, they missed the bus. They didn't have a car. So C's mom had to drive them to school. There was this long stretch of road, very, very rural. And there was only a few houses here and there. It's still dark outside. It's cold, which I'll take a Florida cold right now over, over Pennsylvania cold. C's kind of remembering the time is around 6 a.m. C and C's mother are pulling out of their neighborhood and they see these three children in blue and white private school uniforms standing side by side, shoulder to shoulder, on the sidewalk at the entrance of the neighborhood. They're just standing there, right there on the sidewalk. C's memory fails them just a bit. They remember it is either two girls, one boy, or two boys and one girl. The girls did wear a blue and white skirt dress outfit, while the boys were wearing a short sleeve shirt that was blue and khaki shorts. Remember, it's North Florida. It was cold. 
it was 40 degrees outside. These, these kids didn't look like they were dressed for 40 degree weather. They look like they're dressed for the summer. They're not even wearing coats. Now there are two schools in the area, but no private school. The nearest private school is the next town over and the school's uniform colors were not blue and white. And these kids, they're just standing there shoulder to shoulder, not doing anything. They're not talking. They're not playing. They're not like pushing each other and, and, and what have you. They are just standing there. The bus stop isn't even there. It's a few blocks down. There's not even any streetlights. Can you imagine that? Just pulling out on a dark day, 6 a.m., and your headlights hit these three kids just standing in the dark? Right there on the corner. And they were closest to see on the passenger side. As the car got closer, the first thing C thinks is, my God, these, these kids don't have any faces. But he, he soon realizes, no, it's just, it's just too shadowy and dark out. The headlights only shown under their shoulders. They got closer. They're able to make out the faces. C is just like, oh, thank heavens. But then C gets completely freaked out again because he sees their eyes. And these kids' eyes are black. Completely black. No sclera. No iris. Just black. Now C's mom. C's mom saw it before C did. She hits the gas and just rips out of there. C looks back, tries to see them. Can't see them because it's too dark. C's mom is so traumatized by this. She doesn't go back home until the sun rose. And it was bright enough that she could see everywhere around her. No one believed C at school. C's brothers and sisters thought that they were insane. But C and C's mother, you hear it all the time in these accounts, they knew what they saw. And they never saw them again. Now C, C thought they were ghosts. But a few months ago, C hears about black-eyed children on YouTube and makes that connection. Now, just shortly after that, C and and their family moved to to unrelated reasons. That was eight years ago. 
he didn't even think about it, which is something, something that I find in these cases too. People will have these traumatic events and whether it's psychologically the mind going like, well, that couldn't have happened. So it didn't happen. And we're just going to forget about it or whether this is something that the phenomena itself is trying to do to people's memories. I don't know. One's just as likely as the other. But they hadn't really thought about it much in eight years. C hadn't thought about it until his mom said, hey, remember when we saw those kids? And it all comes flooding back. There are certain things that I think about every single day. I think about my mother and my father, God rest their soul, every single day. I think about old pets that I used to have. I'm a weirdo like that. I I get more attached to, to my pets, my cats, my dogs, what have you, than I do a lot of humans. But that's just me. I think about them every day. Certain friends that I've lost along the way. I think about them every day. But my paranormal encounters that I've had, I don't think about those every day. So is that just a trick of the mind? Or is there something actively trying to make us forget. Our next tale is going to take place around 2006 in Cornwall, UK. Now, I got this from a Reddit post from Embarrassed List 865. And Embarrassed List has a friend, Richard. Um, now, whereas Embarrassed List, when back in those days, he was a part of the alternative crown, Richard was more around, he, he was a townie. Um, they're just run of the mill, working class, bit rough around the edges, down to earth, zero, zero interest in the paranormal. They just, they don't care. They don't care unless it's happening. One day, Richard is at a party in this place called Baldu Woods. And Baldu Woods is infamous for being haunted and, and having occult practices going on there. I did a quick Google search and found you know, gateways to hell, uh, entities, red-eyed entities that haunt an abandoned church, a, uh, an entity that's, that's known as old bloody bones. Uh, and uh, he's the ghost of someone who's in the, who's been in a massacre in the area. 
and and he's nothing but but guts and blood and bones something akin to rawhead rex in in america and to this day paranormal occurrences are reported in baldu woods to this day strange worshipers of of an odd cult are sometimes glimpsed upon with their nefarious activity. Witches, warlocks, devil worshippers, what have you. It's a great place to have a party. And that's exactly what Richard and a group of about 15 to 20 people were doing in those woods. There was some alcohol. There were some drugs. But Richard, Richard didn't partake in any of that. The uh, same as a couple of other people. These were people who were smart enough that they were going to be the designated drivers. They were driving that night. They weren't spending the night. So they made a bonfire. And everybody partied until around 1 a.m. And they decide that they're going to move this entire party to a house in nearby Truro. So very carefully, they're putting out the fire. And they start to walk out of the woods. There are a lot of trails going through Baldu. A lot of people hike through this during the daytime. Richard decides to leave the path for a second. Go relieve himself against a tree. He gets... He gets about 10, 15 feet off the path, gets behind a couple brushes, kind of stands right next to this huge tree, and he hears the creaking of branches above him. Richard steps back, he cranes his neck up, and he sees a huge black mass falling down towards him. Now, Richard screams, he jumps back, and this entire group of 15 to 20 people come storming through the bushes. And they all see it. This thing has fallen about 50 feet out of the tree. Just this huge black object moving and twisting. Shiny, smooth. It resembled a garbage bag. Now, it wasn't a garbage bag. It's just the closest thing that they could compare it to. This this black object, this entity, writhed back and forth. It, whether it wasn't interested or whether it was completely unaware of the group, who knows? It was one or the other. Richard went on to compare this to the size of the Reddit poster's brother. His brother's six foot four hefty hefty man he was about that big but it didn't have the shape of a person just a big big mass and this thing it fell from a height of about 50 feet it landed hard on the forest floor there was no heavy breathing from it there was no grunting no growling no yelping no moan of pain no cry for help 
There was nothing, no sound this made aside from the crunching of the leaves underneath of it as it writhed on the ground. Now these 15 to 20 people and Richard, they didn't stick around. They just stared for a few moments and ran to their cars. Richard isn't prone to flights of fancy. He doesn't have any desire to investigate the paranormal. He's not even particularly superstitious. He was dead serious. He was fearful. Whenever he told this story to his friend. So what was it? Was it something in the woods that's always lived there? Is this an entity created by something? A tulpa? Or maybe this was something flesh and blood. I'm sure a lot of you have seen the very interesting UAP footage of the squid that's flying overhead. There's there's a definite connection, at least looks-wise, between these two entities. What could this have been? tale. I'm I'm a little embarrassed to do it, but I just I love that Black Eyed Kid story. I love this one. Our last tale is coming to us once again from Phantoms and Monsters. Please give their website a check. It's it's amazing. It's incredible. It's it's one of the few websites that I I go to every day. In fact, whenever I open my computer, uh my home button you know, instead of it going to like my mail or eBay or what have you, I have a whole list of home pages, about 20 pages that opens up. And one of them, one of them is phantomsandmonsters.com. Absolutely amazing, amazing website. Lon Strickler over at Phantoms and Monsters received an account from an eyewitness named P. Now, whenever P was seven or eight years old, he would watch in search of, meaning P is probably about my age. Uh, I remember in search of, whew, that, that dug into a lot of people's brains. Now, as P gets older, he watches ancient aliens, and he kind of has his first experience coming back from a card game. P comes to a stop sign. He He's crossed a bridge off of the uh, highway, off exit 112, in the lower part of uh, the Catskill Mountains in Monticello, New York. P just looks up, and there's a UFO. It's, it's just over the treetops. 
It goes over the road, about the same height, just over the treetops, and it moves slow. P gets out of his truck and just watches it. Cars are zooming by. They had to have seen it. And it was, it seemed like it was heading in the direction of Matamoros, Pennsylvania. P tries something. He says in his head, where are you going? Come back. And it did. They heard him. Now, P goes home, tells his dad, tells his stepmother. His dad is excited and goes, did you have any missing time? No, no missing time. His stepmom, Bonnie, he, she had seen one in Carmel, New York, about the size of a football field. Now, eventually, P gets older. He marries a woman. Moves to Pulaski, New York in July of 2009. A decade goes by. May of 2019. P's bored and does what I do a lot of the time. Goes over to YouTube. Watches some Bigfoot videos. P comes across a video titled Sasquatch Speaks. And something about that really just digs into him. He puts it on every day after work for three days. Now, the first speaker, uh, a, a person by the name of, and I'm going to butcher this, Kiwani Lapseritis, says that 12 years ago, Sasquatch was going to start going out and talking. And they're very picky choosing who they talk to. The, the people that they talk to, they have to have a certain spiritual vibration. They have to have a respect for life. They have to be spiritual enough to handle the, the exhausting mental telepathy experience of the Sasquatch. P turns off the TV set. Heads out the door. He's going to Happy Valley in Parrish, New York. P gets in the car, drives to Happy Valley. This is state land. And has an experience right away after they get out of the car. Now, they're, they're pretty deep into it. They've driven a mile on a dirt road leading to the spot. And P hears this howl. It's just a few feet away. There's no wolf to be seen. And he just knows. He knows this is Sasquatch. He knows that it's, it's close. He knows that it's cloaked. He knows that these beings are interdimensional beings. P walks to his left and sees a tree break. Now, for those that don't know, there are those that believe that Sasquatch will mark their territory by breaking a tree very high up, 10, 15 feet up. This tree break is fresh. Fresh leaves on the shoots coming out of the sapling tree. It's about three inches thick. It's broken 10 feet 
up. Out of nowhere, P is hit with a massive amount of energy. It makes him feel high. Makes him feel a little stoned. It feels good. And P starts to sing. He goes back to his car, drives home, and still feels that link with the Sasquatch. So they're talking to them. They're talking to them as they're driving. He gets home, doesn't say anything about it to his wife, goes into the house. A little bit later, he goes to a sh- on a shopping trip. And on his way back, he gets off Route 81 and goes up the, the road. There's an accident. Two ambulances, a state trooper. And P recognizes some of the guys standing there. They're a motorbike club, the Wicked Ways. Now, he's still talking to this Sasquatch in his head. And he says, let's go investigate. P walks up to the one biker and says, what, what happened? Some jerk pulled out in front of him with a zero-turn mower. P looks over, sees their friend standing more leaning against his bike. The EMT is examining him, and there's blood coming out of his ear, and there's a puddle of blood on the road. And he remembers that video, that Sasquatch Speaks video. And it says that if you ask a Sasquatch for healing, they will. They're partners with us on this planet, in this reality. So he goes to the biker. He goes, what's your friend's name? It's Zach. So, in P's mind, he asks Sasquatch, would you heal Zach? A few moments pass, and Zach says, do, do I really have to go to the hospital? And the EMT replied, yeah, you've, you've got brain trauma. A few months later, P catches up to Zach. Left arm is still in a sling. He healed really quickly, suffered a broken collarbone. Two months go by. P is still having the time of his life. He's lying on the couch. He hears a knock on the window. His wife was on the phone. She didn't hear it. So he says, I'm going to, I'm going to step outside and have a cigarette. P goes outside, looks over in the woods and sees Bigfoot figures standing at the tree line, but they're glowing green. P goes up to the sidewalk, walks around the shed. Walks up the steps to his pool deck. Now this pool, to give you an idea of how big it is, it's 22 feet across, 54 inches to the rail. Pool deck railing is about 36 inches, 3 feet. 
he's still looking in the woods and he sees another glowing Sasquatch, but he's halfway through the tree. He goes, you can come closer. It's okay. And this glowing green Sasquatch walks over to him and another followed behind a female carrying an infant. This entity, this being Sasquatch, it's only three feet from him now. P says hello. And some strange reason tags on don't trust the government. The Bigfoot seems uneasy about that. Now the male had a primate face, but he really can't make out the females too well, too well. She's, she's always looking down at the infant. They both had white eyes. The infant's eyes are red. P just goes, Oh, he's cute. He doesn't really know what else to say. The, the Bigfoot weren't saying anything. So P goes, I'm going in now. Goodbye. Thank you. And he goes down the stairs. I like, I like this tale. Because it is so easy to not want to believe in it. But whenever you start to dissect it, there's so much going on in this, but it's nothing we haven't heard before. Right? UFOs, we talk about that all the time here. We, we talk about mental telepathy all the time. One of the most famous cases in the world. The Indrid Colt case. Tied with Mothman. There's tons of telepathy in that. Indrid Colt speaking without moving his mouth in Woodrow Derenberger's head. Glowing Bigfoots. Just look at anything Stan Gordon's done. Right? Anything he's investigated. A glowing green Bigfoot is not out of the question. There's, there's a case that Stan Gordon investigated where the Bigfoot were carrying, you know, glowing orbs and they disappeared whenever they were shot at. Bigfoot as an interdimensional being. We've heard of that. Communication with Bigfoot. The Sierra sounds. We've heard that. You know, this is, this is a whole bundle of weird. This is a whole bundle of, uh, it's easy to kind of, you know, it's easy to kind of say P's not altogether there. But I'm going to step back and go, let's really examine this. There's nothing P said that we haven't heard of before. Right? He he didn't say, and then the Bigfoot turned into a CD player and flew around the forest under its own power. Right? That's ridiculous. Of course that didn't happen. But we've heard cases 
where there have been glowing Bigfoot, where there has been telepathy. There's nothing new in this story. So I think we have to take cases like peas and be very, very careful with dismissing them. Thank you for joining us here again this week on Strange Pathways. If you are having mental health trouble dealing with a paranormal incident, please reach out to the Opus Network, www.opusnetwork.org. If you'd like to support the show, you know, a review would help. Comment, like, subscribe, share the videos on YouTube. That helps as well. But if you got a little bit of, got a little bit of change in your pocket and you'd like some nice shirts, we've got two shirts out there, a man in black encounter t-shirt and a spike island encounter t-shirt up on Redbubble. Go check those out. More shirts and merchandise. It's more than just shirts, clocks, puzzles, shower curtains, and pretty much anything we could slap it on. It's over there. Check us out. Twitter is Pathways Strange. Instagram, Strange Pathways Podcast. Uh, go over to our Facebook and you can email us. StrangePathwaysMail at gmail.com. Thank you so, so much for joining us. If you have the time, if you haven't done so yet, please go over to the YouTube channel or on Spotify, Amazon Podcast, wherever you're listening to us. You're going to find some other episodes of a podcast called The Cult of SMMI. Truly, truly the most important work I've ever done in podcasting. And I've done podcasting for a lot of years. A lot of years. Thank you so much for joining us here again. Take care of yourselves and each other. <laughs> <laughs>